What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers, gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 8 to 14, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 17th year of marriage. So yeah, I am in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood. I'm working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fatherhood matters. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace the fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and to have fun in the messiness of it all. Today's guest is Ken Wimberly. The conversation is fantastic. And I got to give a shout out. His daughter's just turning 18 and the two of them have an incredible relationship. It's his first kid and their relationship is solid. And he shares how he intentionally created space to invest in his kids. And oh yeah, by the way, he also created a kick-ass app that he is going to tell you about, which will help you to capture the most important moments with your kiddos. Enjoy. Ken, welcome to the Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. Super cool to be hanging out with you and talking fatherhood. It is my honor. Thank you so much for having me as your guest. Yeah, man. I am just always smiling ear to ear. I get teased by some of my my brother, actually, that it sounds like I'm about to start laughing every time I do the podcast, but it's just, I love it so much that it puts this joyous smile on my face. And especially when I get to talk to another dude who is just also passionate about fatherhood. I am in with you a hundred percent. I'm the same thing. I walk around, I'm smiling, I'm happy. And yeah, you start talking about amazing things like fatherhood and doing what we can to be that greatest dad. Then it, it makes me happy and smile all the time. Yeah, man. And you know what? I'm really excited to talk about what you have created. And we'll just give a little teaser right now. It's about legacy. And that is so huge to me as a dad, not just looking at what's right in front of me, but thinking like, what's just beyond my life, right? Who I am today, just beyond my life. So a hundred years from now, what is it that I have left? So we'll get into that. But before we do, I'm going to rapid fire some questions at you. So where do you live? Fort Worth, Texas. Texas. All right. And then how many years have you been married? Uh, We're coming up on eight. Eight years? It's it's my second marriage. We're coming up on eight years. Nice, nice. And then how many kids do you have? Three. Grace, my daughter, turns 18 in two days. My uh, older son is 16, and my youngest son will turn five this month. Ah, nice. So 18, that's pretty gnarly. How do you feel about that? Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) It's heavy, huh? It's heavy. Like, I mean, she's my baby. She's my baby girl. And and she's becoming a woman. Like, actually, it's... A little milestone there. The the doctor's office calls me and says, "Hey, just letting you know, you know, when she turns eighteen, you no longer have access to her records. She's a, she's wow. an adult now." Wow. Whoa. And and so I'm actually I'm taking her um, for her 18th birthday, not on her birthday, but like a week later. Um, where I'm actually going to take her to Las Vegas, and we're going to go um, skydive off of the or jump off the the stratosphere together. You can go, it's a cool thing. You can go jump off the building there. And um, she's a crazy adventure person. So we're going to go do that. And is it just the two of you? Yeah, just two of us. Is she pretty excited? She is. She wanted to go skydiving, which I'm 100% up for. But I was like, hey, let's maybe not do that in December when it's freezing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to save that for the spring. So, man, that's pretty kick ass. So you 
obviously have cultivated a relationship with your 18-year-old daughter where she's excited to go with her dad around her 18th birthday to go do something adventurous together. Yeah. It's trust me, it, it, If people are listening, there's a huge smile on my face right now just thinking about that. But yes, you're exactly right. We have a really great relationship. And I've been intentional with each of my kids about spending one-on-one time and, and fostering the joy of one-on-one time. And it's, we, we love it. So I think it's really powerful too, that you had, you know, shared that you've been divorced. So you have, you know, your kids and then your kid with, in your second marriage. And through that, you've been intentional and especially with the daughter, that's huge. So would you say, I mean, you kind of mentioned that it was that intentional one-on-one time, whether things were good or rocky, that you continued to be intentional with your kids. Is that what you would say is the thing that has kept your relationship with your daughter tight? It's, it's one of them. I've always been close with it. To be honest, I mean, I, I didn't start the um, as much of the one-on-one time until about five years ago is when I really started diving into that. And that was after um, uh, you're hearing about Jim Shields and his family board meeting concept. Mm. That did, and then I thought, oh, that's, which is a brilliant concept. And it's all about one-on-one time with each child. And and so I, I dove into it on that, but I've always been, um, I say always, you know, for, for many years, I've been intentional as a father in about developing relationship with my kids and, and doing the right thing with my kids. Mm, man, that's rich. And what a great testament uh, that your daughter and you are going to go experience that together. That's awesome. Um, what do you do for a living just to give, so I, I kind of hate this question. I'll tell you, I hate this question because typically when we meet another man, we say, Hey, what do you do? And we, we do it as a way to size each other up and make us feel good or feel crappy. But the reason I do ask it is because I believe that fatherhood is a level, level playing field. And so I think it's important when people hear divorce, great relationship with kids, whatever, it doesn't matter if you make, you know, 15 bucks an hour or 500 bucks an hour. Fatherhood is a level playing field and we all have the opportunity. We all have the same amount of time to invest in our children. And so that's why I asked the question because I think it helps us to relate to one another and understand that we all go through similar things as a man and as a father. For sure. Yeah. That, that industry or anything has no bearing on uh, how we lead our lives as, as mm-hmm. fathers. And so, but what do I do? Is That's a great question. People ask that when I'm with my wife and she kind of looks at me like, how are you going to answer that? <laughs> <laughs> and it's because I've, I've, I've done and do a lot. So I have been in the commercial real estate business for the past 20 years as, as a broker and as a commercial real estate broker, that's led to being a commercial real estate investor. Um, that path led to um, owning a, a Keller Williams franchise. So I've got um, an ownership in, Kel- in the Keller Williams franchise. And then we, a couple of partners of mine and I started um, a chain of laundromats. I say a chain. Okay. We have our first on the ground right now. We're working on our next three right now. So nice. we've got laundromats. And then the final thing is, is I'm an app developer with Legacy of Love. So when people ask me, what do you do? It's an interesting question. Yeah, no, awesome, fantastic. So got your hands in a few things, passionate guy. Yeah. Oh, and I cool. do some coaching as well. Okay. All right. And then when you say coaching, is that business owners? Is it family stuff? Yeah, what is it? I, I, I my clients are typically 
commercial real estate practitioners because um, I've done that. And I've got an expertise, but my my coaching topics span much broader than that because I've spent so much time over the last 10 years in the personal development field on myself that I try to really help people along in their personal development journey. Yeah, I think that's important too, because uh, really the best way to learn is to teach, right? So if you're going to invest in yourself at at some level, it becomes just all self-serving and you don't get as deep or learn as much unless you are passing that on to somebody else. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a big part of me, and I loved uh, that. That's my favorite part about coaching is helping people in the broader aspect of their lives, from parenting, from health and nutrition, from fitness, all those good things. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Next question for you is: What's been the best resource to you as a father? Um, a couple of things. And honestly, one is is where you and I met through groups like Front Row Dads. Yeah, fantastic. Been an incredible resource. And then um, I've been part of a, a group called Go Abundance for coming up on five or six years now. And Go Abundance has a family component as well called Fan Abundance. And uh, man, just my connection with some of the really intentional uh, fathers and parents in that group has, has helped me a, a great deal. Mm. So I think that's cool what, for people listening, whether you are, you know, going out to something like a fan abundance or go abundance or front row dads, that idea that you need to be connected to other like-minded people is like the key right there, right? You can't do this alone. You got to have other people to connect with um, who are also striving to be intentional fathers. None of us have all of the answers, right? And we're, yeah. uh, even if we have a lot of the answers, we are so much stronger and, and more powerful as a collective unit. And that's, that's been the thing that I think has been one of the greatest for me and helped me along is, is the power of the greater tribe. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. The power of the greater tribe. When you think of the role of the father, how would you define that? <laughs> as, uh, as leader, as example, as, um, as someone of humility that can admit to mistakes and someone, uh, that embodies love. Hmm. Really good. So let me just dig in on one of those. What, give me an example or tell me why you think it matters to admit to mistakes. Look, I think it shows it, you know, it shows your children, right? The, the, the first example that children have are their parents right there. It's, it's what they look to. Uh, I think the, there's a Jim Rohn comment that says something along the lines of we, we, we lead our lives as either examples or um, uh, what do you say? We lead our lives as, as, as um, uh, I can't remember exactly the language, but it's either, it, it, oh, it's, it's warnings or examples. Right. We either lead our lives mm-hmm. as warnings or examples. And, you know, your, your children look to you for the way to lead their lives. And I think being able to uh, admit that you've made a mistake, admit that you don't know everything and have everything figured out, teaches them that it's OK to make mistakes. It's OK to be in a learning mode. It's OK to try something and fail at it uh, because that's part of the evolution of life. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like we, we kind of act like that's a negative thing in our culture though. Do you think that or no? 
No, plenty of people do. It's why I think it's important that we we open that up and, and show vulner, vulnerability and transparency. Uh, I know. Yeah. For, okay, so I was one recently. I said, "Look, in years past, that was not the way I lived my life. I was not transparent. I was not vulnerable. I was young, and I was probably more than anything like afraid to admit who I was, and maybe I didn't even mm. know who I was right there." And as I've gotten older and wiser and I have a very clear picture of, of who I am and I recognize my weaknesses, I recognize my many faults. Um, when I can be super honest and transparent about that, life is much, much better. So do you think that your discovery of who you are and your willingness to be vulnerable came from, in a sense, age, right? So it just came from living life. Or was it a trigger, something that you went through or did that kind of helped you to mature, for lack of a better word? Yeah, I, you know, li- living life is experience, right? And, when, and a lot of our experience comes from our mistakes. Yeah. And in fact, probably our best experience comes from our mistakes. And I think that I've had enough time to make those mistakes and to later atone for the mistakes. I think that's uh, that was an important part for me when... What does that mean to you, atone for the mistakes? Uh, I'll give you an example. When, when I was young, my, my, when my first real job out of college, and I worked in the insurance and investments industry, and me and three other people at the company, which really didn't like working for there was, there was a family owned business and one brother was kind of the manager of it. And man, we just couldn't stand working for this guy. And the other brother was great. The father was great. Just he was micromanager and we just really didn't enjoy working for him. But, um, but rather than bring that up and rather than try to address it and have conversations uh, we all, walked off the job one day mm. and we just left. We left him high and dry and we left him in a really tough spot. And for years that kind of haunted me after yeah. doing that. I was like, man, that is no way to treat people. You know, we didn't have the balls to have the conversation with them because we were afraid, or at least I speak for me. I was afraid, I was, you know, in, in my young lower twenties right there, I was afraid to have this conversation and confrontation and, and so rather than do that, I would just walk off the job. Uh, but that hung around with me for many, many years. And I think it was maybe 10 years later that I finally ran into one of the brothers, actually the brother that I really, really liked. And uh, I had a chance to apologize to him. Uh. And just walked up to him and said, Man, you guys, you didn't deserve that. You didn't deserve the way we walked out and treated you. And, and I'm sorry. I'm really, I, I apologize from the bottom of my heart. And you know, he's so gracious. He looked up and said, I count you among my friends. Mm. How amazing was that? And that mm. day, I swear to goodness, that day, my life started getting better and better and better from there. Man, let's just end the podcast now. No, <laughs> that's so powerful because here's what I'm, here's what I'm like processing is, is as you're growing into becoming a man, you have a choice, right? We all make mistakes and we either look in the mirror and we, we, die to the mistake and, and find humility and go apologize like you're saying and, and, and embrace it, right? We embrace that or we just carry it on our shoulders forever. And it never allows us to grow into that next level of manhood of, of 
not being afraid of realizing that there's real strength in an apology, right? There's real strength in humility. And, and I don't know that we're being taught that and we want it so bad, but, but a lot of us aren't being told to just go face, face the trial and, and regardless of what happens, right? But in your story, it turned out to be great. Which gets back to my comment earlier on, on needing to show that example to our family. I think that it's important that we show that example. And it's important that when we see our kids making those kind of mistakes, that we you know, point them in the right direction to do the right thing, even though it may be super uncomfortable. But what's rad is because you are also doing that, it's giving you the authority to speak it into their life because if and when they see you make a mistake, you're owning it, you're embracing it so that they will then want to do the same thing, right? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's like really simple. Like we're all clicking. Yeah, that totally makes sense. It's hard to do, but there's just really strong life on the other side of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, killer. All right. So this podcast is called Fatherhood Field Notes and we're doing it right now, right? We're just opening up your field notes, opening up your years of wisdom, stories, life, so that we can all grow from it. And it's really born out of this theme, this mantra, this idea of rebel and create. And it can be something small, like I'm rebelling against being on my cell phone at the dinner table to create nice family dinners, or I'm rebelling against my childhood so I can create this that or the other, right? It could kind of be anything big or small. What is something that you are rebelling against either just in this season of life or maybe in your life? And then why, and what do you hope to create out of that? I think the story I just told you is kind of an example of my life that I'm, I'm rebelling against the person I was so that I can create the person I aspire to be. And that's, been an evolution. I'll tell you a quick story on how that started. And that started when I was first, uh, I guess, exposed to this concept of having a purpose-filled life or a, a big why, as, as Gary Keller calls it. And I had never, ever heard that concept of living your life with a greater purpose or living with a big why. It just wasn't the way I was raised. I wasn't around that kind of personal development people growing up. And when I heard that, I, I, it, it struck me. I mean, I remember sitting in the chair and listening to Gary Keller actually make that comment from stage. And I'm wow. Like, Whoa. And it struck me because I didn't have one and I didn't know what it would be. I mean, I, I kind of figured, Oh, my, my kids would be my big why. Mm-hmm. Yet that just seemed a little empty to say it, my kids are my big why. And I went on a journey for about two years with a really deep internal deep dive internally to figure out what is that big why. And after about two years, I came around and I, I knew what it was. It was very, very clear to me. And it was for me to be the best possible example I could for my children, for my wife, and for others that might be watching and looking into my life that I don't even recognize are watching me. And that was in all areas of my life, including like health, wellness, fitness, adventure, love, kindness, relationships, charity, benevolence, spirituality, uh, business and personal finance and personal development. Like the whole mix of my life, I wanted to be the best possible example I could. 
And when I said those words, and when I wrote those words down, they were very aspirational, right? That's, I kind of come to the conclusion that's who I wanted to be. It was not who I was at the time. And that has been one of the coolest evolutions of my life. And so I was rebelling against who I was so that I could create this person I wanted to be. And that continues to be an evolution in my life is to, to continuously try to level up and level up in these different areas so that I can be that example to others. Amazing. So let me ask this. Explain to me, because it sounds amazing, right? It's what I want to, and I think anybody listening to this, obviously they're investing in themselves. So so we're all on the same page. How do you wrestle with uh, like either the measuring stick, right? So the measuring stick so that you are content in the day and present in the day, right? And and okay with it being an evolution, right? That, that there's maybe no end in sight. Because in our world, it's like, if I want an answer, I'll Google it. So I got it now, right? But to aspire to be the best I can be is going to take the rest of my life, right? So how do you wrestle with that? And how do you find peace? I think part of that is the beauty in it. There, mm. there is no perfect example. There is no way to ever realize, to fully realize this aspiration. And I think part of that's the beauty, but I can always be better than I was. And, and so for me, it's about taking that next step to get better than I was in, in each of those areas. So then would you say that you, in a sense, compete against yourself rather than compete against maybe somebody else, right? Because we can always find somebody who might be ahead of us in an area? If we're competing against other people, you're just shooting yourself in the foot and, and you're doing okay. it all wrong. Okay. No, it's it's a hundred percent. It's looking at the man in the mirror and saying, okay, and defining where do I want to be? It doesn't always have to be more, 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 certainly in terms of in finance and wealth and, and stuff. And it shouldn't always be, in my opinion, more, more, more in those terms of things. Uh, more love, I'm in. You know, more happiness, I'm in. More kindness, I'm in. There's all kinds of stuff right there. But there, there's there's a limit to a lot of things in our life. So, no, it's the man in the mirror and becoming better than I was yesterday in, in mm-hmm. those things that I've defined that are important to me. Killer. Love it. Okay, so now I remember we were sitting at an event and we were sitting around the breakfast table and all of a sudden we had this click connection, right? You start, you meet somebody new and then you go, oh man, we are connected in this manner. And I'm really excited to hear about Legacy of Love. So let's just jump right into it and uh, talk about what this is. Yeah. Legacy of Love is an extension. I'll tell you what it is. It's it's an extension of my life's journey with my children. And what I had started doing with my children 18 years ago. So my daughter's almost 18. And uh, I started, she was one year old when I started this process. I started um, journaling and writing the story of my children's lives to them when they were just babies. And it, you know, that one little thing, I made a commitment back then. I said, what could I do so that the, the moments just didn't pass me by and they didn't just go away without me being cognizant and in, in taking stock of those moments and somehow capturing them for the future. So I go, what can I do? And I said, well, I can journal. I can write. 
like I wasn't a video, this, you know, way back then, I wasn't a video guy. I wasn't a scrapbook guy. Um, I was like, what can I do? I can write. And, and so I just started writing the stories of their life. And I, and I debated, do I do it with pen and paper into a, 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 a paper journal? Or do I do it digitally somehow? And really, the thing that drove me digitally is I can type faster than I can write. Mm. And so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do it digitally. How will I do it? Um, this is before apps, before anything like that. This is 2003 when I started. And so a Word doc. I said, I'll just start in a Word doc. And so that's what I did. I started uh, you know, a document for my daughter. And then when my son was born, I started a document for my son and just started writing the stories of their life. And I wanted to make a commitment and do it in a way that I could live with and stick to. That was the important mm-hmm. thing. I didn't want to just start something that would finish like so many parents come to me all the time. Like, oh, for my first kid, I did a baby book. My second, I bought one. My third, we didn't even buy it. And yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that I cannot tell you how many times I hear that story right there. And so I wanted something I would I would do and stick to. And I said, I, monthly, let me just write to my kids once a month. I can commit to that. And so I said, I'll, I'll, I'll write to each child once a month in their journal. And that was kind of the rhythm I started and stuck to. And there were times when I might write more than one and there were times when I might miss a month or two and then I'd have to get back on track. But I've, I kept with it. And then over the years, I would tell other parents what I was doing. And many of whom said, man, I want to start doing that for my kid. That's a great idea. And they started doing it for the, their, their own kids and more and more people started doing it. And you know, eventually people started reaching out to me like, Ken, you should like create something with that. Mm-hmm. You should create something and make it easy for the rest of us to do that. And so my early entries, they were all just text. You know, I would type notes and text. And then later on, I figured out you could uh, insert photos into Word docs. And so I started doing text with some photos in there. Photos give a really nice context to the stories and what's going yeah. on. And um, so you know, my parents would be like, Ken, you should create something. And I started thinking about that. Back in 2012, I was like, oh, yeah, I should create something. In fact, I've got a, a, a red a journal entry to my kids not long ago from 2012 that said, oh, I'm going to create, you know, back then I had it, I was calling it uh, from my heart to yours. I said, I'm mm. going to create from my heart to yours this year. And uh, reality was I didn't have the bandwidth or time to do anything back then. And so when things finally freed up for me, bandwidth wise in, in like late 2017, I made a commitment. I said, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to create what is now Legacy of Love and dove in. What a journey it's been. Uh, We've created, it's an app. We've created a a mobile app available on iPhone or Android, either one, um, to make it easy for parents to capture moments, memories, lessons, little things that they want to pass down to their children later in life. My objective with this with my kids was that I was going to write these journal entries and they didn't know about it. It It's not like I'm telling them what I'm doing. I was going to do it until they graduated high school and it was going to be my gift to them. It'd be 18 Mm. 18 years of their life through my eyes. And um, so as I've created Legacy of Love, it's kind of designed to be a, a parent to child journaling app is what it's about. But more than just kind of text, you can create, you can put photos and videos, audio files in it. And we designed it so that every entry that you make, if you set up your kind of profile and set up your kid's profile with their date of birth, every entry you make, it will calculate their age and your age at the time of entry so that you can kind of read back over these entries later with context of 
how old you were and they were at these different stages of life right there. And then we built it also where it's got this really beautiful timeline view that you can scroll mm. through and, you know, look at, oh, wow, here's, here's the evolution of my child through timeline right here. So kind of cool. Stuff. I love it. I love it. It's beautiful. And that is just why we sat and connected because journaling has been so important to me. I've journaled since I was 18 for myself. So knowing to look back at that, um, when we've gone on road trips with the kids, we've, we've had them do their own journal entries during the day. Um, I shared with you how I, I had journaled to my wife, uh, the first year we were dating and then gave it to her on our one year anniversary. And then I too, I should have got them out for her podcast to show you, but I have five, those, you know, black and white mead folders with a kid's name on each one. And I've written to them in those journals. I wish it would have been once a month, right? So the app will definitely be incredible because the, I'm assuming the app will also kind of remind you, uh, hey. Yeah, we've got reminder options um, either you know, globally, remind me every day, every week or whatever. But the I, the, the kind of cool way we designed it within each child's profile you can set it up, you know, remind me if I haven't journaled, like my kids are Grace, Knox, and Kai. And so I, I have it set up. If I haven't journaled to Grace within the past two weeks, remind me. With Knox within the past two weeks, remind me. And that way, because it might be that I've written several entries to a couple of my kids and I've left the third one out. So we've, we've set it up that you can remind per child how to get reminded as well. I love it. That's so cool. That's so cool. So you started the app in 2018. Is that right? Yeah, it started, uh, that's right. And, and so started, and when I say started, like I came from zero technical background. So I'm, I'm a non-technical founder. So in 2018, I started searching for my tech team and, and learning and starting to do things. And we found, excuse me, our first tech team and started the design of it and then released our first version of the app in uh, May 2019 is when we kind of released it and then went into like a really soft beta there and started kind of naturally growing the app and whatnot. And then by like end of year 2019, we had like over a thousand users, which was really kind of cool to have. Yeah. So exciting, right? It's like this thing you've done and now there's a thousand parents. I mean, not even did the, I mean, a thousand people who are intentional about their kids, right? I mean, that's so powerful. It meant a lot that people were, you know, pouring in to their families and yeah. ah, it's so cool. It's still, you know, today when I see it and people diving in and I can see like certain people that are just making like so many entries and it's, it's really, really cool to, to, to know the, the power that this has and that the action that people are taking with their families. Yeah. And so it sounds like you're on this next iteration of the, of the app. So you've got some changes that are continuing to be made to it. Yeah, after, so it was interesting. So again, we I hired a tech team. We built the version one of the app. We released it. Oh, like, man, I, I could write a book on the mistakes I've made, you know, it just, just with yeah. app development, right? And the mistakes in app development. So we, we ended up transitioning to a different tech team because I was like, wow, this first tech team just kind of told me whatever I wanted to hear and, and did whatever. And I, I didn't really get the kind of advice that I feel like I needed Transition, got a new tech team, rebuilt the app completely and um, released kind of a version two this year in 2020. And okay. it's much more streamlined and smooth and, and just beautifully interfaced. And, and now today, in fact, you know, I've been 
working on, uh, that's what I spent all week working on, just further updates to the app and, and, and further refining our onboarding flow to make it more engaging for people when they would come on um, so they knew what to do, right? Again, this is, I guess, maybe for people that do this, it's app development 101. For, for me, it's learning by, uh, learning by mistakes, right? It's back to that learning by mistakes part. But it's cool because as a user, you know, you 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 get to really see how it works and then make it so that people will use it, right? Because that's the point. The point is, don't just feel good about this. You hear it on the podcast, feel good about it. Go and intentionally invest in this, a beautiful gift for yourself and for your children and how easy too. like I love how you said you can do um you could do like voice. Like, so now it's like, if something happens and I see my kid do this incredible thing, then I can just pick up my phone and say it into it or type it into it so that I'm capturing these moments, right? Cause the moments, those are the things, right? The moments that we want to capture in life is so full and messy that it's easy to forget the good moments. Um, yeah. So if somebody wants to use this, so you said they can go download the app, um, is it like a, is there different versions, you know, that, that people can get cost wise and things like that? Yeah, we have. Uh, so we're probably by the time this podcast airs. So in the next week or so, we're, we're actually opening up everything in the app um, for the first 30 days for anyone that downloads. Right. So oh, cool. every, every single feature it's open up It's a freemium model right now. And um, it's kind of feature based uh, depending on the plans. But for right now, we just want people to use it, to get the experience of it, to enjoy it. And so we're, we're now moving in our next iteration to just open up every single feature for 30 days every, every time someone downloads the app. So Nice. Yeah. And then, what, and then what's the cost to it once somebody decides they want to continue to like have all the upgrades? Yep. Uh, it's either um, $69 a year or I think our monthly cost is $749 a month or $69 a year for every single feature in there. And the only upgrade beyond that is to go to a, a, a family plan, which allows up to six different people to journal into one account. So husband, wife, grandparents, maybe oh. nanny, maybe favorite uncle or aunt or something like that, all could journal into one account for the same group of kids right there. That's huge. That's huge. So, okay. So before I say why I think that's huge, if I have one kid or 10 kids, is there a different cost on that? Negative. No, you can okay. have yeah, 10, cool. 50. I, cause I actually know people that have 10 kids. And so, <laughs> no, there's no difference on that at all. The only, only difference is it's just in like, it's really in, in media, like in, in the videos and the audios and that media that you're able to save into it. Cause that's the, the storage. So that those are the big differences right there. So let me ask this. Why was it important to you to, to, to add in grandparents or favorite uncle or why was that important to do? Well, and it's first of all, it's user driven, right? So it, for me, it could be grandparents. For you, it could be favorite uncle or anything. So, But the ability, I'll tell you, just with us, for me and my wife, we have different perspectives of the same experience and, and different yeah. experiences because I'm, I'm, I'll take my daughter on date night or you know, she might take you know, our son on, on a mommy son date night and boy, for her to be able to journal about that experience right there, it's her own beautiful thing. And for, you know, from a grandparent's perspective, that's a whole other magical perspective. And now what I love, there's so many, I am hearing more and more grandparents that want to tell their own story to leave mm -hmm. to their, their, their children and their grandchildren right there. And I think if, if someone would take the time to do it, I, mean, I know my ex-wife and I, um, 
we had given three different sets of grandparents these grandparent books and asked them to fill it out, right? Yeah, because we wanted those stories. No one filled it out. No one ever took the time to slow down and fill it out. And so if somehow people could hit the easy button, open up an Mm -hmm. app, and maybe we've got some prompts that prompt you on what to tell a story about, and you could just hit record and tell that story um, with your voice which is even yeah. more beautiful. Yeah. You think of that even more beautiful from, from a, a child or grandchild or great, great grandchild that I get to hear my great, great grandfather or grandmother's voice right there telling the story of their life. That's legacy. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. I have two questions I want to ask when you, ch- you, you first named it um, from my heart to yours, what made you change it to legacy of love? Why did that become important? Um, great question. Uh, I don't think anyone's ever asked me that, but the answer is, uh, I had shared that with a lot of people. I told people, Hey, here's what I'm calling it. I shared it with a lot of people. And, um, somehow about a month before I went to go register that domain name, someone had taken it. Really? Yeah. So from so, my heart to yours just happened to be taking the domain name. Yep. Yep. That's it, so it, funny. Yeah. So it was open a month before. And so from there, I started searching thinking, okay, so what, what is an appropriate name for this? And, and that through this kind of soul searching and, and painting yeah. and, and uh, we came up with legacy of love. Well, okay. So I said how funny that is to you. It might not be, but I think legacy of love is just an amazing, perfect name for it. Right. And that's obviously what I heard first. So it's what stuck, but uh, so interesting. Yeah. So I like the choice. It's good. So my next question thinking about it is, okay, so my daughter turns 18 or 19, 20, and I want to give her this. <clears throat> Clearly they could log in and look at the app. I'm, I'm assuming they could look at it on, on my phone or online. Is there a way to print some of it out? Like if I do a lot of text and pictures. Yeah, that's coming soon. Actually, that's, that's in our very near term road. Actually, it's, it's coming in the next six months because I will be printing it out for my own daughter. Cool. And, and so, yeah, what we're now, here's the cool thing. So not only can you, I mean, everyone can print books, right? Google does it. Snapfish, Shutterfly. There's, there's all kinds of companies that will print photo books or different kinds of books for you. Um, but there's technology out there right now that we're going to put into this that, when you, uh, you can in essence have either a QR code or some type of quasi QR code because we allow, keep in mind, video, right? So the beauty of the, of, of the app and getting it digitally, whether that's through a web, so you were asking, they could see it on the phone via login, something like that. Yes, but what, what we're also looking to do from an export process mm-hmm. is, um, let's say I want to give it to my daughter, then we would export it to basically a standalone website that she could go access. Now she couldn't add anything to it, but it would just be a standalone website that she would, it would be hers. You know, she'd have to host it somewhere or whatever, but maybe in a blog page, but um, it would be, be her standalone thing that she could go read anytime she wants to need some inspiration or feeling down or feeling happy, whatever. And yes, oh, that's so good. So that's that. And then for the book though, the really cool thing that we're, we're finding for the book is um, I think we've got a way to where we can put, um, some type of, of, of code or visual icon on the page. And if you hold your phone over the page, it will pop up the video and play on your phone. Oh, cool. Okay. So how cool is cool. that? Yes. You got a hard copy book and it, it's like, yep. you use well, because like right now we're all used to going to a restaurant and you we're using QR codes to look at a menu, same type of, of concept right there. You would hover over this and it would play the video for you. 
So, man, this is just so cool because I think, you know, as people hear about apps and they hear about things, it's like, well, is this thing even going to be around? You know, not not your app, but anything, right? It's like 18 years from now, my kids won. But the idea that, hey, I could probably print this out once a year if I wanted and just add books to the shelf, yep. right? Yep. So I'm never losing it. Um, the idea of a website, I mean, that's never going anywhere, right? It's the your idea. Yeah, to go to a website and have this blog of my life that I could go to is incredible. Um, so that's always going to be there. And then I think that the QR code in the printed book is a killer idea because that will always be there too, right? I mean, that's not going away. That's a new tech for our world that will be there and I can access the video. So not losing out on the video or the audio, right? If I were to leave those in there. So I just think you've thought of everything. <laughs> so ah, it's so cool. What a great concept and a great gift to give to families and the world and to, to, to our kids, you know? Yeah. That, I, I think it, in, okay. You mentioned it as a journal or yourself, right? The power of, of just what it does for you writing down your story and, and then for you to be able to go back and reread those stories and, I've done this for my kids or I started this process for my kids, yet it's done more for me than it probably ever will for them. Yeah. Yeah. Because it helps you as you do that, you're capturing the moments because once you write it down or take the time to do that, it's, it's also locking it up in your own brain because you're pausing, right? And we don't pause enough. But I think too, sometimes as a, as I journal personally, Sometimes I can, I can focus on the negative in my head, right? And so sometimes I could look back at my journal and sometimes it can be a little negative sometimes. So I think the beauty of you, your spouse, the grandparents doing it for your child is that although life is hard and messy, when your child looks back, because you know how sometimes we remember the negative of yeah. things? Yeah. When your child looks back, they're going to be able to go, oh man, that. I remember that now. And they're hearing it not from their perspective, but really from a perspective of a, of, of a person who cares so deeply about them. So it's almost like the story is heightened in, in, in a way that we wouldn't tell the story as well about ourselves as my mom or dad would say it about me. So you just brought up a really good point that I didn't talk about, which was um, one of the the ways that I've used journaling in these entries is, you know, as a parent, there are times, I mean, occasionally that you make a decision your child doesn't agree with. Hmm. And as your children get older, you know, when they're younger, maybe they never remember some of that stuff. As they get older, it could be a real conflict between you and your child on the decisions that you make. And sometimes as a parent, I mean, Ned, we don't even know. Are we making the right decision? Shit, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, especially with your first kid, right? <laughs> I, I'm doing the best I can, right? right. I, I'm doing the best I can. And I've often used my journaling to my kids to explain my logic uh, and my reasoning behind the decision and my hope for what comes out of it. It's like, man, I'm hoping that this helps you to find the right path. And I'm hoping that it helps this and I'm hoping. And, and so that one day they'll go back and read that with perspective from where I was coming from and hopefully have an appreciation. And what I hope is that it helps them in their own parenting journey when they endeavor for, to you know, be a dad or a mom on their own. So as you told that story, it just 
brought a memory in my head. So there are times when you're growing up as a teenager and your dad does something. Okay. So I'm going to say for myself, as a young middle school teenager, I, I can remember times where my dad reprimanded me for something, left my room. And I'm like, what a dick, you know, like whatever. Sure. Right. Yeah. So, but then fast forward, I, when you tell the story, I literally remember writing to my son Brody in his journal after this, this ordeal with him. Okay. He's 11 now. So he was probably nine when this happened. And I can see myself writing the words, dude, I just had to reprimand you for this. And when I walk out the room, he's thinking, I mean, I don't know, nine years old, what he's thinking, but my dad sucks. (laughs) Right. But then I'm walking out with this heaviness, like, did I do the right thing? Did I process it the right way? And so I know I, I I wrote it down. Like, why? Kudos to you for writing that down. Yeah. So I'm like, Brody, this is why, and I hope I did the right thing. And this is how I think you felt. But it's so funny because when you, like you're saying, when you are the kid, you don't realize that your dad's also trying to figure this out, you know, but as the dad, you level up like some transparency with your kid, not all of it, because you're also needing them to have respect, but you're trying to figure that out. Right. So I remember that as you say it, and I hadn't remembered it, but I wrote it down to him hoping that one day he reads it goes, oh, all those times that my dad had these conversations with me, he was also going to bed struggling in a sense of like, how am I doing? (laughs) And that's the, that's life, man. That's the beauty. And imagine when he reads those stories that (sighs) power. Yeah, that's the stuff. And so I think that's such a great point you bring up. It doesn't just have to be, it doesn't just have to be you hit a home run today at baseball, right? There's so many moments that are significant and the failures are some of them, but you get to frame the failure. So if you're entering a failure of your kid, you can enter it as in, man, you came home and this is how you felt, but this is how I saw it. And so one day they could look back at that story and go, oh my gosh, for me, that was like, I failed so miserably into my parent. They actually saw this, that, or the other in it. I read a story in, in my daughter's journal recently. Mm. It was similar to what you said, like when she um, didn't make the A team for volleyball and she was devastated. She cried and it was, and it was, it was me writing to her about my thoughts and feelings and, and what we were going through and, you know, my heart broke for and, and uh, man, that's, you're exactly right. It's not, it's not all the highlight moments of, of, yeah, you hit the home run or it's your birthday. You started riding your bike. Those are great things to have in there and save. But when you can get real with things and write about the realness of life and the realness of relationships and man, that's, that's where the real strength comes in, in this process. Yeah. Because your daughter, right. When she goes and reads that as say a 19, 20 year old, 18 year old. And, and, and she goes, this is how my dad sees me like, whoa. And, and really, man, I think that's what it's about. You know, our daughters and our sons, right. Our daughters want to be loved and be seen and noticed. And our sons want to know that they have what it takes. Right. And so we, whether we want to admit it or not, fathers are the ones who are really valuable in giving that to our kids. And I mean, look at our world. I believe our world would not look and feel 
the negativity that it does <clears throat> if more dads were doing what we're talking about. Right? I agree. And that's why rebelling, creating fatherhood. And I'm sure legacy of love to you is, is why it all matters is there's so much that can be done in your home. If you just know who you are as a man and as a father. Yes, sir. You're speaking it. Ah, so good. Can any last thoughts? I mean, we just talked about so much good stuff. I, I just hope people go download the app and start journaling to their kids. I mean, I think you thought of everything to really make it a simple way to capture this without having to go, you know, buy a paper journal that sits somewhere and you lose it or forget about it. Um, to be able to print it out each year, to be able to print it out whenever, you know, just so many, so many cool features. Any other things that are valuable or things that you'd like to talk about? No, I look, I love what you're doing and your miss your mission, your message that you're putting out there. Everyone that you said it earlier, like if someone's listening, they're learning based, they're wanting to level up and, and yeah. get better. And so I want to just anyone listening and encourage you to keep on that journey to keep pouring into your family and your children, because, you know, a father's love and a father's example cannot be, you know, overstated, right? Mm. It's, it's so important what we do. And I mean, I know how you are and it's similar to how I, if you wake up like we do, and this is just, man, I'm so happy. I could never have another thing that happens to me except for, you know, spend time with my kids and I would be just elated. Yeah. For the rest. So I, I, I hope there's more and more dads that continue coming around and I see it. I see it yeah. with front row dads. I see it with other places. I see there's so many dads podcasts and things coming out right now. I, I, I love it. I love it. I think it'll change the world. And I think that it's important for people listening right now to go, there's really not anything special about net or Ken. I mean, I want to feel like I'm special, but yeah. there's really not anything special. You get to choose every single day. And some days I choose to be an a-hole and some days I choose to be this dad that I'm talking about on the podcast. And so I would just say every dude out there, your kids are the only kids that get to call you dad. So you're the only one who can do it. So you have to choose it and just wake up and do it. Just choose. You have the, you have the power we're giving you the authority right now. If you feel like you need authority from somebody, there you go. Welcome. You got it. You got what it takes. And so just do it. Go enjoy it. And and that's, see, and that's a beautiful way to end that statement because it's not work. It's, it, it, I mean, you have to do something, but enjoy it, right? That enjoy it. Ah, what a great way to end. Okay. So before I ask my last question, I want to be really where can people, is there, what's the website? Where can people find you and just be real clear where we can find the app so that um, people can go check it out? Yeah. Our, our website for the app is legacyoflove.app. So .app is the okay. website. You can kind of learn about the details in the background, but you can go find the app in the app store on the, the Apple iTunes app store or on the Google play store. Either way, just look up legacy of love app and you'll find it there. Okay. Awesome. All right. So my last question, it's a legacy question. So imagine, let's see, your youngest is five, right? So let's say 30 years from now, 30 years from now, you are standing out on the street, peering into the homes of your children. Okay. You might have a couple grandkids at this point. What is it that you see 
that the way that they are living their life, that you know that Ken's day in, day out decisions to wake up and be an intentional father, you're seeing played out in their homes. What do you see? I see three things that they're doing together. They're, they're learning together as a family. Mm-hmm. They're laughing together. And they're loving each other. Mm. It's that simple. Simple. Simple, but important and beautiful and significant. Mm. Ken, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for the work you're doing, for the investment of your time and your life to not just make this about you and your legacy, but you're giving the opportunity to other men and families to build incredible legacies with their families, right? I mean, you're putting a ton of energy. I want people to really think about that, right? A ton of energy, a ton of money. Will it ever come back? Doesn't matter to you. I'm, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. The idea is that you're spreading this idea that, uh, it, it, and I love it because it's not just about you. It's not just about me. Really, we need there to be other great dads out there so that our kids and our grandkids and our great grandkids have people to marry and build families with. Right. I mean, that's that's important because I can do all I want to be intentional with my kids. But if there's not other dads doing the same thing, how is it going to continue to build? It's a great point. So thank you for the work you're doing. Thank you for the dad, the friend, the husband, the human being you are. And just keep doing what you're doing. And I'm excited to see where Legacy of Love goes. Uh, Thanks so much, Ned. I appreciate it. You keep up the mission and, and I can't wait to see you in person again soon. All right, friend. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, that conversation was so rich. There were several moments where it just felt so real and raw and almost like, oh, yes, aha moments. This matters. It matters deeply. Um, So I, I loved it. Before you set your phone down, please go follow them on Instagram, Legacy of Love app and go check out the app, whether you have an iPhone or Android and go get that freemium app and check it out. Don't forget. Hey, every Monday I put out the fatherhood field notes podcast, interviewing great dads. If you are interested in a shorter podcast, I put one out every Friday. It falls under the same place, rebel and create, but it's craft of fatherhood where I discuss a topic or a question somebody sends to me. So check it out if you're looking for something a little bit shorter. I want to say thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. And hey, I am passionate about this. Put a lot of time and energy into this for you and I to grow. If you could please do me a huge favor, take a couple minutes and write a review on iTunes. That would be fantastic. And or please share this with a homie. Send it to him and say, bro, you're a great dad. You have what it takes. I think you'd enjoy this podcast. Look forward to hanging out with you next time.